Welcome to There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where we reflect on the lessons Katie Hubbard learned about living as she was preparing to die. I'm your guest host, Rachel Hubbard, sharing some of Katie's writings to me so you can discover resources for your faith, refreshing honesty, and unexpected joy for the journey through a painful world with a wonderful God. Happy Mother's Day! I am Katie's third child, Rachel. And I am going to be reading two letters in this episode. If you've been following along with the podcast, you know we've been working through the last full year of Katie's life. Uh, 2015, probably? (laughs) Probably should have checked that. Um, Which would have been my last year of junior high. Um, In mid-May, on my 8th grade retreat, um, parents were asked to write letters to their kids. I'm going to be reading and reflecting on my mom's letter to me, written on May 16th, as well as my dad's letter to me from May 17th. So not only are you getting insight from Katie, you'll also be getting to know your normal host, Norman Hubbard, better. I felt rather awkward about reading the first half of my mom's letter because it's mostly her praising me. (laughs) I thought it might be a little narcissistic to read it to all of you. Um, But the end of last week's podcast focused a lot on parenting, on seeing the big picture of your child, knowing them well, and parenting out of that understanding. These letters are a glimpse into what that kind of parenting looked like for my mom and dad, as well as proof that Katie followed her own parenting advice. So here is her letter to me, written May 16th, although I think I received it probably a little while later. (laughs) Rachel. I am supposed to be writing a letter telling you how wonderful you are. I think this will be the easiest letter I have ever written. First of all, my first memory of you is a doctor telling me a joke while I was in labor. I wish I remembered what it was. I laughed and you came out. I should have known then how much you would be my Rachel Joy. Before I knew I was pregnant with you, I went and heard a man named Daryl Scott. His daughter, Rachel Joy Scott, had been shot in the Columbine shootings. I was so impressed with what he shared about his daughter and her vivacity and love for the Lord. When he was done speaking, the Lord told me, You are going to have a daughter, and you will name her Rachel Joy. I know that sounds like a crazy story, but it is true. A few weeks later, I discovered I was pregnant, and I knew you would be my Rachel Joy. And you have been my Rachel Joy since day one. You were such a tiny, petite little thing, but you were always packed with personality. From your earliest days, you entertained us all. I remember when you were very small, you would scrunch up your face and smile, and we would all laugh and call you scrunchy face. I also remember that you could say so many words at such a young age that you almost didn't mispronounce anything. It was really funny to have such a tiny, verbal child. I am not sure when you developed your flair for dressing up, but it was certainly there by age two. I would hear you come clomping down our wood floor hallway, and I couldn't wait to see what crazy outfit you were wearing. That is why you have a bunch of pages in your baby book dedicated to your crazy outfits. Besides crazy outfits, there were all of your crazy stunts, like climbing to the top of the jungle gym when you were one, or grabbing the garage door, or standing on top of the kitchen set, or cutting your hair neatly over the trash can. One of my favorite things about you has been your ability to entertain yourself and think creatively. Often, it did not matter to you at all what Tom and Kayla were doing. You would go off and do your own thing, and before I knew it, Tom and Kayla would have joined in whatever game or thing you were doing. 
Tom and Kayla are my older two siblings. I remember you singing up in front in your bath hat at Group North when you were just a little bit. I remember the students convincing you in Florida that there was a leprechaun in the bush, and you looked everywhere for that leprechaun. I have always loved your creativity and your spontaneity. You have always loved people and have been so interested in what is going on around you. I thought that the other day at reading day eve, when I was in the kitchen talking to someone, and you came up and just, just joined in and had great things to say. I love that about you. I love how you want to be around and be a part of the conversation. I love talking with you. I love the wonderful mind God has given you. I love how you think and how you want to know what is the deeper meaning or implication behind things. Of course, your questions challenge me because I don't always know how to answer them, but I am glad you ask. I love your spiritual insights and how you make connections about things. Often we will be talking about something and you will remember a scenario from the past that is a fitting example of what we are describing. You remember conversations and are able to extract the lessons from those conversations and apply them to other situations. Not many people can do that. You are a great little sister to Tom and Kayla. You are always kind in your interactions to them and they are blessed to have you as a sister. You remain good-natured to them even when they speak to you in frustration or unkindness. You are a great big sister to Joe. He loves it more than anything when you take the time to play with him because you interact with him in ways that are very creative and different from how Tom and Kayla interact with him. I don't know what any of us would do without you. Your personality and who you are is so wonderful for our family. I love watching you become the woman God has made you to be. I am really excited for high school and all that the future holds for you. My prayer for you is that you will always smile at the future. That is not an easy thing to do, as there are so many things to worry about and hard things in life can steal your joy. I pray that you will always know how much God loves you and how good He is. I pray you will always know that He has your best interest at heart, no matter how hard those things might be, and that whatever comes your way, He will give you the strength you need to face it. Romans 8.28 is a bedrock for our faith. God truly does work all things together for our good. And my other favorite verse that I pray you will always hold on to is Hebrews 6.19. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast. Of course, our hope is the hope of heaven. Because of all of these things, you can smile at the future. Like Psalm, Psalm 112.7 says, She will not be afraid of bad news, for her heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Never fear bad news, my dear. God will be with you in it, and we do not need to live in fear. I am so thankful for you, my precious one. I cannot imagine a greater gift than you. I love you with every fiber of my being. I know we joke about thirdborns and lastborns, but don't ever think I don't see you or notice you. I love everything about you. I could not ask for a more perfect daughter. I think that you are making wonderful choices and doing great things with your life, and that is a well-lived life. Mm, sorry, and that is what a well-lived life is, making the right choice day in and day out. Rachel, I am smiling at your future. I am so excited to see what God has for you and where he takes you. I love you more, Mom. One of my favorite things about this letter is that Mom put a little sticker of a palm tree in the top corner that's held on to this day. I can't remember if palm trees were symbolic of something to her or if she just thought they were lovely. All the same, it's very Katie. Mom's analysis in this letter was very spot on. The things she pointed out about me, how conversational I was, my creativity, my propensity to ask questions, are character traits I can still identify in myself. Last week in the podcast, Katie mentioned the importance of birth order. I'm a third born. More than that, I'm a third born girl. 
A cultural trap it is easy for young girls, myself included, to fall into is trying to find value in being small and silent and accommodating and convenient. I can remember thinking at various points that I wanted to be the most low-maintenance child, sibling, girlfriend, or wife in the world. And it was so important that a parent reach out and say, I love it when you participate in conversation, when you share your opinion, when you ask hard questions. Children are people. Girls are people. Thirdborns are also people. People take up space and are loud and often inconvenient, and those things don't make them less valuable. This letter, which is mostly about my personality and strengths, lovingly affirmed my value as a person made in the image of God. That stands out to me about her letter. I also really appreciate her definition of uh, a life well-lived, making the right choice day in and day out. It reminds me of Anna's Do the Next Right Thing song from Frozen 2. I think mom had that nailed before Disney did. Another important and really beautiful thing to read is her emphasis on smiling at the future. It must have taken a lot of strength to write, Never fear bad news, my dear. God will be with you in it. And I am smiling at your future in the face of terminal illness. A large part of my future has been and will be without her, but I know it is well prayed over by my mom. Now I'm going to read my dad's letter to me, Norman Hubbard, who is your regular host on this podcast. This is written on May 17th, but again, I would have read it a few days after that. He writes, Dear Rachel, I imagine that many normal parents would begin a letter like this to their daughters at the beginning, you know, from birth onward. I am not a normal parent, so I'm going to begin at the end. You are reading this letter on a night that means a great deal to me. There are very few children who want their fathers to be with them on their eighth grade retreat. Fewer still would be happy for their parent to be speaking in front of their friends. I am one of the few. It's a testament to your maturity as a young woman that you love your mom and dad in a time when it's cool to fixate on your friends and distance yourself from your parents. Mom and I both feel very welcome in your world. I think it's because you are very mature. I know that you're very comfortable in your own skin. You're okay with being you. I have always been proud of the way that you walk your own path. Everyone seems to like you, but you don't do whatever it takes to be liked by everyone. That's a rare and wonderful trait. It's been with you since you were a little girl. You've always had a magnetic personality and an extraordinary way with words. You would charm adults without trying like the time you stopped in Meadowbrook Park to sing Weeping Willow Tree to the Willow Tree. People passed by you laughing and smiling, but you weren't trying to impress anyone. You were just singing because, well, there was a willow tree there. I guess it just seemed right. May you ever be singing to the trees and delighting those around you without trying. I think the deep place in you that responds to whatever opportunity presents itself, like the time you sprang forward and rode the garage door up, or the time you stood on the bathroom counter to help wash the mirror, is also the same place that fosters your curiosity. Living with you is like living with real-life chat pack. Chat packs are small packets of cards with questions people use to prompt social interaction. I love the questions you ask, most of the time. I do have a grumpy and introspective side, after all. I can't always like people's questions. I'm grateful for your interest in the scriptures and your philosophical bent. It seems to stem from a genuine desire to know the truth. May that deep curiosity carry into your adult life and old age. It will drive your education deeper longer after your schooling has stopped. Until your schooling stops, we're going to have a hard time giving you direction. You seem to excel in every aspect of schoolwork. Many parents have to push their kids to try harder in school. I'm not sure I've ever had to push you academically. There's not a subject you do not excel in. 
At this point in an average student's life, you can usually tell if they're going to be an artist or an astrophysicist. You are not an average student, Rachel Hubbard. Perhaps you'll be an artistic astrophysicist or an astrophysical artist. In all of it, though, I want you to know and be firmly convinced that I celebrate your successes, yet they do not cause me to love you more. I do not love you because you are talented. I love you because you are my daughter, my Rachel Joy. That is why I will remain committed to you for as long as I live. You will never need to perform to win my affection. You already have it. Now continue to soar. I am convinced you will soar. I cannot guess how high. I have watched you roll with challenges like being left behind while we went to Africa and like going to Africa, a place that was familiar to the rest of us but not to you. I don't think anyone would have known it. Of course, you've also had to watch your mom go through several rounds of treatment for cancer. There are very few daughters who have had to bear that burden. When people ask me how you're doing, I honestly answer, I cannot tell what's going on in Rachel's heart, but everything I see in here is positive. You have been living with the stress of mom's sickness with great grace. Maybe that stems from your genuine love for the Lord. It is undoubtedly from God's great love for you. God has been so good to us for so many years. It would be hard to overstate. I am so thankful to see your own love for him growing. May you continue to walk with the Lord as the years gang up on you. Oh, that the world would come to see in you a woman who is genuinely smart, happy, and holy. They would not know what to make of you. Come to think of it, no one ever has. I am so proud to be your father. With love, Dad. You may notice both of the letters that I have read reference a story about a garage door. That is because it is probably the most quintessential young Rachel story. Basically, the garage door was going up, and I wondered what would happen if you held on to it and went up with it. And I tried, and both my parents kind of freaked out and grabbed me and stopped me from going up with the garage door. Also, at the beginning of this letter, uh, my dad, Norman Hubbard, references that he's speaking at my eighth grade retreat, which happened. I... Uh, he was there when I read the letter, although when we all got the letters, he kind of went off because it would be a little weird to read it in front of him. He was there speaking on Joshua 1. I still remember. <laughs> um, also, one of my favorite things about this letter is the fact that he hand-signed it, Dad, and the little A has a smiley face with a goatee and big curly hair like he used to have at that time. Now he has long, semi-curly hair and a beard. <laughs> um, he talks about how until my schooling stops, they would have a hard time giving me direction. And boy, if only he knew how true that would be, because now I'm two years into college and still completely uncertain about what direction I go. But it's still true that I can bear stress and uncertainty with great grace because of my love for the Lord and his love for me. It's true. God has been so good to us for so many years. Well, that is all for this week's There Are Good Things Here. I'd like to end with a passage of my own choosing, Psalm 27, verses 13 to 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. May you find it to be true that you look upon the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living, because truly, there are good things here. <laughs>